0: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We're now on day two of the Matt Nagy era, and earlier today, Nagy spoke in front of the Chicago media for the first time as head coach of the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Will Tonight, I'm joined by my Bears brother, Brandon Hazlett, and we also have a first timer on our show, one of our newest members to our team. So, in a sense, he is one of our Bears brothers, but not one that you see on the podcast. His name is Steve Letizia, and we are all set to share our thoughts and our insight on Matt Nagy's introductory press conference. But before we do, I want to know... Uh, Steve, how you doing today? And uh, again, I appreciate you uh, stepping in here uh, as a pinch hitter on the podcast.
1: I'm doing all right, Will. Um, I'm just excited to to finally get on the podcast. It took me all of one post. Um, so <laughs> I'm just excited to to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully this isn't the last time I'm on here.
0: Yeah. Do you want to maybe uh, give Bears fans a little bit of your background and uh, why uh, I brought you onto the team and that kind of thing?
1: Uh, sure. So um, I've been a lifelong Bears fan my entire life. Um, I grew up actually in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, but bo- both my parents are born and raised in Chicago. So I didn't really have a choice when I came to my fandom. Um, um, this last year, I worked for Pro Football Focus um, as a player participation anal- analyst, um, and I used that. Uh, I learned a lot of different stuff um, in that role, and I've I used it in my first article. I'm going to continue to use it in my uh, upcoming articles. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited to be part of the Bears brothers and and uh, hopefully this is just the first of many things to come.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I'm excited to have you on our team. Like, you are so smart. Like, with your football analysis, <laughs> having you with that post of uh, the Notre Dame's guard—the name is facing me right now. But uh, if you haven't read our blog recently, because we uh, usually stick to the podcast, we did revamp our team. We added seven new writers to the team. Uh, kind of revitalized, wow. jumped at that, jump started that blog this off season. So definitely check out Steve's debut post. It's phenomenal to say the least. And uh, Brandon, I want to know how are you today? I found myself last night uh, having a hard time sleeping. I think I didn't even fall asleep about three o'clock in the morning because I was just so wow. excited or this press conference today. My mind just kept uh, going in circles and I couldn't stop it. How about you find yourself in a similar boat?
2: Uh, no, I slept just fine. Cause I, I had confidence in our new coach that he was going to go up there and own the press <laughs> conference like he did today. So, <laughs> all
0: right. And uh, I want to note some people are probably tuning in wondering where's Aaron lemming. Cause we did originally plan on having Aaron on the show today to both share his insight on the Nagy hire. And of course, today's uh, press conference, uh, but due to a scheduling conflict, we we're unable to make it happen. I do apologize, but we're going to have him on here soon. So don't worry. We have all off season to have him, And, uh, he's here, uh, willing to jo- join our show pretty much anytime that we ask. So uh, we'll have Aaron on here shortly, but guys, Let's go ahead and just transition over to Nagy's press conference. And Brandon, I'm going to let you begin. You want to maybe share your top takeaway uh, from the entire press conference.
2: Just my one top takeaway?
0: For now. We have all day.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, Just mainly that he took control of the room. Uh, I mean, he was making jokes all the time. He didn't really dodge any questions, in my opinion. I heard he could have potentially dodged the one where they asked him about um, personnel. And how he really just needed to look at the roster and people are saying he's looked at the roster and he probably has. Uh, But it was a a fair answer, in my opinion, because, I mean, he just got out of a playoff game a couple days ago. So I don't know that he's looked at it that closely, but really just his ability to take control of the room own the podium, as well as some mistakes that uh, we'll talk about later in the show uh, concerning a recent playoff game. Speaking of, Um, (laughs) but just really his ability to own the podium, he had a personality. He wasn't wasn't John Fox up there going well. He's injured. He's this, he's that with just very vague answers. He was open, willing to talk. and That's something that I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. And something else that I really just took a lot of stock in, especially earlier, was just like the passion and what he's calling positive energy that he is bringing to the table. You know, I think that's going to be highly contagious. And I really can't wait for that to like kind of infect this team, right? Spread amongst every player in that locker room to create that culture that he referenced a few times today. And Steve, how about you? Uh, Maybe what's your biggest takeaway from the press conference overall?
1: Well, I was going to say the same thing that Brandon did, just the way he controlled the room. You know, this is hes this is clearly a leader of men. This isn't another Mark Trussman situation. You can tell that right off the bat. Um, and uh, unlike John Fox, he's actually going to be a little transparent, which I liked. Um, another thing that I liked about what he said was when someone asked the question, I forget which reporter did it, but about the difference between a 3-4 and a 4-3. Um, I liked how he basically said that he doesn't really care because it doesn't really matter. And uh, because it, it really doesn't, because like he said, most most of the time you're in your nickel uh, defense anyway. So the subtle differences between the three four and the four three, it's not as important as as the players that you have. Um, so I like that. I another thing I liked was this wasn't really part of the press conference, but it was the videos that the Bears are sharing beforehand. You can see him when he when he saw Trubisky. You know, he lit up. He, he hit, him and Trubisky are going to be working together a lot. They clearly have a good relationship. Um, he's a player's coach. He, he just. I'm not one to get blown. I'm not one to put a lot of stock into, um, uh, introductory press conferences, but, um, I was really excited after hearing this. I was ready to run through a brick wall for him. I can't imagine what the players
0: think. Man, I'm happy that you are steering clear of those brick walls. I mean, if you would have (laughs) tried, you wouldn't be here right now talking Bears football. I'm sure you would have found yourself in the ER. But honestly, seriously, like you said, he's a leader of men, someone who can command a room, command even like the media room as well, which is nice. He's already kind of, you know, showing some personality, a very Uh, Humanistic in a way right Mm -hmm. laughing smiling having some time uh, just going a little bit back and forth with some guys Which I really like to see and let's go ahead and begin how it all started, right? Ryan Pace come out came out there and he said that this team and he did uh, they set out to bring back the best leader uh, for this franchise Period, and that statement you know rang true to my ears because Nagy, Nagy's leadership is something that i had a hard time really getting much insight about uh, yesterday um after the you know the news broke that he became the new head coach um, but obviously uh, he impressed pace in that regard which really uh, surprised me and something i'm very excited about because you know Nagy came back to that in his presser as well about you know that leadership and he's someone who he said you know you're not really going to know what you can do until you actually go ahead and do it i uh, hinted at his recent stints as an offense coordinator quarterback coach uh not knowing exactly how those are going to go but look what he did look how he succeeded and he said it's going to be a challenge he admits that but he also knows there's going to be ups and downs and he stated he's going to grow I think he said it like three or four times that he knows he's going to grow from this experience so I like that he's not coming in thinking he knows all the answers. He's coming in with an open mind, believing that he needs to grow into this role and he's all open for it. And he also mentioned his uh, type A personality, how he's going to help him kind of lead that locker room, connect players. I said that everyone's different and how he connects to them is going to be on an individual level, which I really like. He's going to treat his players um, as good people and let them know that he cares for them, which he said is going to result in some good things on the playing field. Uh, sticking with his leadership, Brandon, uh, do you think this is the right guy to lead this franchise? Because he sold me today.
2: Yeah, I was actually going to kind of call you out on it yesterday. You were saying, you know, is he really going to be much of a leader? We don't know a lot about him. And I think, I mean, this was just a self evaluation of him that he says he is a leader of men, but I totally believe it the way he just, again, like we talked about at the game, the way he just owned the press conference. I think that's just a great, or one great example so far, because we've only seen one example, I guess. And just how he was able to be a leader, even in a room where he's not necessarily in charge. Uh, he's the one answering questions, but it seemed like he was the one up there really just taking charge of the whole, the whole conference today
0: hmm Exactly. He really did. And uh Steve, I wanna know, was there something that he said today that maybe surprised you a little bit or that maybe you just kinda had your ears perk up to sitad?
1: Well, I think it was just his honesty, and maybe it's just been the last three years of working with John Fox. I, I didn't really expect him to say anything at all. Um so the fact <laughs> yeah. that he was he was honest. Um he kinda dodged the question about maybe not winning next year, but just the fact that he even entertained that question and and because um, it honestly we might not be able to compete next year. I hope we are, but um, I think um, in his estimation that they still have a lot of work to do. So just his honesty, everything about that uh, uh, really impressed me.
0: Yeah. How about you, B? Anything that maybe took you by surprise? Um,
2: just the, that he really wanted to, I don't want to say this is really a surprise, but it, it's something that took me away was that he wants to retain Vic Fangio. And he made that like very clear and very bold in the way that he said it, that this is an important hire for me is what he said. So just the way that he worded it. I was very important. That means that I think that Vic Fangio is going to come back. If you want my opinion, I think he comes back. Uh, but I mean, right now, we don't really know.
0: Yeah, we're kind of in that speculative stage. Uh, Nobody knows besides probably Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy himself. And you know how Ryan Pace is, uh, keeps things uh, pretty close to himself right by the hip, Uh, which apparently, you know, Nagy said during the press conference, he's going to be right there next to Pace's hip too. So uh, they're going to be pretty buddy-buddy. And that's something that I think took me by the most surprise, Uh, how much it seems like these two generally hit it off. Like uh, there's plenty of times when uh, Nagy went out there and was like, you know, I talked to Ryan Pace and we just clicked. We just connected. As like, we have the same kind of vision, same kind of team, same kind of mindset and how, a football organization should be run, and just having that kind of similar bond makes me wonder if this is kind of like the guy that Ryan Pace has wanted all along because he didn't have the say in John Fox. That was more of an Ernie Accordsy kind of deal. But now he has his guy, and uh, I think you can tell they both look a little bit more uh, chipper. I know, uh, I mean, this is the first time we're seeing Nagy, but in terms of like Ryan Pace, he seemed. And we talked about John Fox before about the respect that he has from him, but you never heard him talk about uh, Fox the way he has about Nagy today. Just the way that he's a leader, the way that he's innovative, the way that he can you know take this team to the next level. Those are things that uh, definitely had my ears perking up from the get go. And uh, Nagy said too that they, they just had a special you know bond, a special feeling between these two. So I'm very excited about that. But how about you, B? Any uh, direction you want to take this conversation? I'm all ears.
2: One thing that I think uh, I'm really looking forward to is the uh, Ryan Pace like to use the word collaborative lately, especially when the, the firing Fox thing was going on last week, um, how collaborative they're going to be in building a team together. Because if they hit it off like that in an interview, I can't imagine what it's going to be like in the draft room or the war room or free agency. What what kind of team are they going to be able to build together? Because Ryan Pace has shown me that he's a guy that really trusts his gut. So when he's going to ask for another opinion, I think uh, Nagy is going to do the same thing. Uh, just very stick to what his, what his gut is telling him and that transparency, that collaborativeness is going to be able to build it. I think a pretty solid team down the road here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, I do too. I like the collaborative. It makes sense. It seems like, you know, uh, like you said yesterday, like John Fox, he didn't even know Mitchell Trubisky is going to be traded. And you even mentioned like, you don't see the same thing happening here under Nagy. And I don't believe so. I think these two are on the same page. They're on the, you know, they have the same kind of plan in place, the same kind of vision. And I love the fact that they're uh, very open about criticism, like very right. fair, but respectful form of criticism an open communication uh, that they believe is a key to success because uh, Maggie talked about it. You don't want any gray area because when you do that kind of leads to doubt. And when you have doubt, you start to lose trust and it's just kind of like one of those, uh, you know, things that kind of build upon one another. But uh, Steve, how about you? I know you talked about, uh, him and Trubisky, and you talked about how both of their faces kind of lit up, which, by the way, the fact that Trubisky's still in how it's working out right now, a week after the season's ended, uh, just kind of is a testament to his work ethic, but uh, how do you see these two kind of clicking uh, from the get-go? Uh,
1: well, Matt Nagy uh, said in his press conference that he really liked uh, Trubisky coming out of uh, North Carolina. They spent six hours together pre-draft, so they clearly have uh, at least the baseline of, of a relationship going on ahead, uh, ahead of time. Um, I think... Trubisky is going to fit perfectly into his offense. Um, uh, Nagy runs a lot of RPOs, run-pass options, which uh, tr- uh, Trubisky ran a ton in college. And everyone said that um, whoever drafts Trubisky is going to have to run a lot of RPOs. Well, Dow Loggins didn't run it, really any RPOs. Um, so I think he's going to fit well in that uh, sense. I think Nagy is going to be able to use him in, in rollout situations. He's going to get Trubisky on the move uh, where he's comfortable. Um, we all know Trubisky is great at throwing on the run. And Nagy really um, can coach to his strengths.
2: And one thing that I wanted to, to just add to that point that Steve was making was that I thought it was cool how Nagy kept that, that notebook, whatever that he kept of all of his, his draft guys, Trubisky was in this notebook. I think it's cool that he kept it. Now he's going to be able to turn around and utilize and go, oh, well, I've seen this and now I'm seeing it on the field. Just another thing that I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah, and on top of this, tomorrow we do have a post coming out from one of our other new writers. His name's uh, Chris, and he is coming out with how just how well is going to fit within this system. It's really a very in-depth piece, showing all these different ways uh, that Trubisky can be utilized and properly set up for uh, success down the road. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, something that he mentioned, uh, Nagy being, uh, early on his press conference that reminded me of a name that I don't want to mention, but it is Mark Tressman. And I was talking about – I know, I know, I'm sorry, but uh, – Yes, boot indeed. <laughs> but it's talking about how uh, he strives always to always be a better person, a better man, and in suit, he'll be a better coach, and that he's going to kind of bring that culture and instill it within this locker room. And that's kind of trustman esque in a way of, you know kind of building your brotherhood up, uh, making uh, sure you're striving to be the best man possible off the field. Um but Brandon, what are some ways that he's gonna be different? Because we want him to be different. And I know he showed and proved that he's a different kind of character than Tressman. And one thing I know that he's not gonna do he's not gonna sit in the back of the you know the film room and just sit there and let the quarterbacks right. talk it out, which I hated with a passion. The fact like I and like instructing from the back. I had a teacher um, when I was an undergrad who did the same exact thing, just sat in the back of a room and just would talk. And I hate it. You can't see their face. You don't get any personal interaction. Something that's got really under my skin. So I'm glad we're past that. But, uh, what are some ways that you kind of knows instantly, like he's different than like a Fox different than the Trestman. And this might be, uh, the best kind of like guy for the job that we've had in quite some time since Levy Smith. Um,
2: he talked about, uh, diversity in his coaching staff and how you don't want the same guy at each position on your coaching staff. And I don't know if that's something that Tressman and Fox had, Uh, Per se, I I could see it, but I don't want to say for sure. But that's something I think is very interesting. I don't don't think I've ever heard a coach say that uh, they don't want the same guy. Like I just don't think that's something that people think about. And just him saying that shows me that he's going to be a little bit different in some ways. And hopefully uh, that comes to fruition and we see it on the field.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, something else I like from Nagy, I think Steve mentioned earlier, is like his honesty uh, with the media. But something else that he mentioned is not just he's going to be a little bit more upfront with the media, a little bit more honest, a little bit more open. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds.
1: Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at tempurpedic.com.
0: A little bit more direct, but he's also going to be very honest with his players and his staff, which is of course, you know, honesty is the best policy. Uh, But it just talks about, you know, being honest and having a culture where, like I mentioned, that constructive criticism, um, it's really encouraged and he doesn't want any egos with that staff. He talked about having guys of some different personalities, which is great because having guys with different personalities are going to connect with different types of players because some players respond to being yelled at, others don't. Other players shut down when they hear a coach yelling at them. So other people need a little bit more of a, you know, a polite coach. Um, I think that's actually how Nagy said it too in his press conference uh, to kind of connect with that player, uh, get them the correct teaching points out there and uh, to help them kind of become a better player. Um, But I think it's going to, of course, build some trust between his staff and this roster uh, fairly quickly. Steve, uh, how do you kind of see maybe this honesty policy uh, kind of playing out between uh, the staff that he's going to build and uh, the spares roster who's now inheriting its third coach in five years?
1: Yeah. So just kind of building off um, what you were saying, just uh, knowing what your players need. That's something that separates them from Mark Trussman. As you said, you sometimes need to yell at a player. Sometimes you need to coddle a player. Um, I don't think Mark Truspin knew the difference there. I think he was kind of the same with everyone. Um, Nagy, just by his presence, just by his personality you can tell that he he's he's a little different. he he can he can um, uh, scout his players. he can identify what each individual player needs and um, and uh, coach them based on that.
0: All right. And something else that Nagy really uh, kind of took me away a little bit was you talk about Andy Reid's attention to detail and how extreme it is. Talks about, you know, all the little details of these plays, you know, this level of awareness, I think it's going to speak volumes with the team. And Brandon, I want to know, uh, does that attention to detail kind of excite you? Because, you know, as fans, we only get, you know, the cusp of what we're seeing out there on the field because there's so much more that goes in per play call, per play, what's going on out there. Um, Don't you? And I think last year they kind of, especially on offense uh, didn't pay any attention to any details of so the fact that we're having a coach out there who <laughs> pays attention to all the small things uh getting his guys uh putting that kind of mindset in like say a trubisky don't you see that kind of like elevating his game if you can get trubisky kind of thinking about every little wrinkle and every play
2: oh absolutely and i think that this is just a great example we just seen in the national championship game last night with alabama and georgia uh nick saban a guy who a very good coach uh was just he, when you watched that game he's yelling at Hunters, kickers, linemen, I mean, coaches, coordinators, whoever, because he's trying to make adjustments as the game goes along because he's paying that close attention to detail to things. And if Nagy going to be that same way, I, I don't want to say I expect similar results uh, because that might be a stretch right now. Uh, but I, I would assume this is a guy that I talked about when we were looking for potential candidates, that someone is going to be able to adjust on the fly because he just pays that much attention to detail. So hopefully he brings that element uh, to great detail, speaking of, small details bring that to a great detail uh just how how much he's going to be able to adjust on the fly and things like that
0: yeah exactly and being able to adjust we talked about that yesterday as well is going to be a difference which is insane to think that we're actually talking about a former regime here um leading these bears that didn't adjust it's kind of was stubborn in many ways and i'm happy we're gonna have a guy who you know not only said that he's going to adjust, but he strives on adjusting, strives on finding ways to overcome challenges. And that's something that I got excited about, uh, especially because he said, I think at least a handful of times that I counted that he is up, for this challenge and you know he had to work for every little opportunity he's got but this is something that he's always wanted to do uh since he was in high school and he's up for this challenge he's going to make the most of this opportunity and he just felt, kind of felt like it was fate i mean he even went back to like um the high school in his region where he was like where he grew up was like mccaskey high and that's where uh, you know of course mccaskey's a couple uh, generations ago started that school so i think it's kind of tied together which it's kind of funny how the world works that way but not just that he's up for the challenge but he's he also mentioned you know uh, you talked about he shied away about the question uh, if he's going to succeed or not early, which I think that's a fair one to shy away from. He doesn't know what he has, doesn't know what he's going to build on. Uh, so he doesn't know. And of course, on top of that, if he says, yeah, we're going to go out there and make the playoffs this year and then they don't, then he looks like an idiot. So he wants to make sure he's being uh, at least cognizant of uh, his remarks right now. Um, but he did respond to that, like saying he is highly competitive and he's always going to be driven to succeed. So he wants to go out there. And of course, succeed as early and often, but he definitely talked about this is a long term kind of thing with pace and how this organization's heading. Uh, so I think it's another thing that kind of says, you know, be patient, Bears fans, we're going to be almost there. But on top of that, he talked about being an aggressive play caller, that's his nature, and he understands that it needs to be calculated aggression. So, Steve, uh, for you, you know, he's talked about being up for the challenge, someone who is highly competitive, and someone who classifies himself as aggressive as a Bears fan. Uh, how does that kind of ring to you? Is that something that excites you looking at poor uh, pass regimes or uh, I want to know your take here?
1: Oh, my God. How could that not excite you after a year of Dalai Loggins not taking one shot all uh, all year downfield? Um, so, yeah, I was definitely excited about that and saying he's aggressive. But I also like how uh, he said you have to take calculated risks, which is absolutely right. You can't just be aggressive just to be aggressive. You have to set up those plays and then take your shot when they come.
0: Yeah. And you know, that aggressive mentality is something that I think we've been lacking that little bit of, you know, chip on your shoulder, uh, sort of speak here in Chicago. So I'm excited that the chip is now returning. And I want to mention something else that he talked about in terms of quarterbacks. I forgot to ask, but I think it might've been Moon Maul and asked him about all the quarterbacks. That he's had to work with, um, from Michael Vick, uh, to Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes. And he was like, you know, they've all had success in one form or another. And what's kind of like the one thing that they all kind of have in common. And Nagy responded with that They all had a coach that believed in them. And, uh, you know, I think now Trubisky has a guy in Nagy and uh, B. I don't know your thoughts here. How important do you think it is to have that guy? I mean, obviously, Nagy sold me as that being a very, uh, very imperative part of quarterback success, and uh, do you believe that uh, Trubisky now has his guy as well in Nagy, and how do you kind of expect that to uh, kind of establish this bond between these two uh, from an early portion and also, like, looking four or five years down the road?
2: Oh, I absolutely think that Nagy's a guy that believes in Trubisky because— It wasn't until the Bears traded up to get Trubisky that the Chiefs traded up to get Mahomes. So so they wanted their guy as well, which might have been Trubisky at that time. But he went at number two, so sorry, but the Chiefs are out of luck. But good for uh, Matt Nagy at this point. Uh, So I I definitely think that Trubisky has his guy as someone that can believe in him because John Fox apparently didn't if he didn't know that they were going to draft him. So it's it's important uh, for Trubisky now to have that coach who's going to back him like you said, with that small attention detail, be able to adjust the game as it goes along. And I think we're going to see Trubisky's game take another step.
0: Yeah. I mean, everyone can't, can't not be excited. to think about Trubisky's yeah. game uh, being elevated his kind of him living up to his potential. Um, of course, we still got to get there. There's a long road ahead of us, uh, but it definitely seems like we have a guy uh, in Trubisky's corner who's going to go out there, try to get the most out of him, try to make him the best possible quarterback that he can be, uh, which, you know, is going to give me a, uh, We'll give him two thumbs up but uh steve i want to know is there something that you took away from this press conference that was maybe the most intriguing to you
1: um i'm not sure if this is the most intriguing part but one thing that i did like that i forgot to mention earlier um was when he he was asked about um calling the plays in the chiefs playoff game and he um and he took um full credit for that he he said yes i did call the plays in the second half and that was on me and he took responsibility um, and that's something that uh, he could have easily passed the buck and on to someone else or, or just sidestepped the question. But he said, nope, that was on me. Um, so that's that's the accountability that I've been looking for, for the past three, five years, whatever it's been now. Um, so I thought that was pretty intriguing. And you don't see that a lot from coaches. So I was I was excited to see that.
0: Yeah, the accountability was something that kind of you know uh, stuck with me as well. Something I'm very—it's refreshing to see that accountability uh, from the head coach of the Chicago Bears. But how about you, Brendan? Do you have something that maybe coming in today that you had a big question mark circled, but today kind of got cleared up?
2: I uh, really what he wants to do with the defense, because that was my my one wearisome uh, answer yesterday, uh, and we still don't really know an answer to that. But I know that he or at least sounds like he wants to retain Fangio. Uh, because he knows, I think he's evaluated himself, obviously, being only an offensive guy. He needs that defensive presence. And Vic Fangio, I think, is going to be his guy. I, like I said, I hope they bring him back. Uh, but the confidence that he said when you know, Fangio is an important hire to me, that's one that answered a question that he knows that he needs to get a defensive guy in here.
0: And uh, back to you, Brandon, real fast. I know rapid fire, but anything else you want to mention that you had uh, takeaways from this press conference that we have a hit on? I think we about hit on everything that you mentioned today.
2: Yeah, I think we have, but the one thing that just really stood out to me, and Steve just brought this up, was the accountability. Uh, that really speaks volumes, and if I imagine, as he's a, a head coach going through some growing pains, kind of like we've seen with rookie players, uh, obviously this last year, uh, I'm curious to know if he's going to be able to do that week in and week out without uh, some sort of, um, what's the way I want to put this, some sort of repercussions from somebody. Ryan Pace or whoever, like, you know, it's okay that you went up to your mistakes, but you cannot keep doing this, whatever. Kind of like an Andrew Luck, I guess, where he gets hurt, but it's his fault kind of thing. So the accountability is nice, but to some degree, got to be able to, to work on those mistakes. And I'm just curious to know if he's going to be able to do that to a, a full extent.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, before we move on to uh, the closing segments of this show, I want to f- share uh, share a few of my favorite fan responses via Twitter. Uh, I asked fans on Twitter, like, what were your takeaways from this press conference? And Anthony said, you know, I loved it. It feels like a black cloud was lifted away from Halas Hall. Fresh voice, something the team and organization needed. Very excited for the future and this team. And Sonny said thought he handled it very well. Obviously the limited play calling experience can be questioned, but just the fact that him and pay seem to share very similar views and beliefs is key. They both worked their way up and have chips on their shoulder. The future is right for the bears and Chicago Jay said for a guy who didn't have Nagy as my number one. I was extremely impressed with the presser. Nagy seems personable and honest, which I think will gain him a lot of respect quickly from the team. I really appreciate it that he owned up on the play calling Saturday night and committed to learn. And Jason said, the final one here, I thought he nailed it. He had a good rapport with the media. He was funny, and at times, he was serious when it came when it came down to it. I got chills. And at one point, I know Nagy said he had chills. I'm mentioning the positive energy uh, and the passion he brings, and he says it's a real thing. This positive energy is real, which, um, depending on how you look at the universe, that definitely could be a real thing. You know, good vibes and all that nature, but seriously— uh, just everything that uh, Nagy's bringing to the table is something that I'm just very excited about. Last night I couldn't sleep thinking about you know what he's going to say in the press conference, how it's going to go over, and now tonight I'm going to have a hard time sleeping probably because I'm going to just kind of replay it over and over again and envision what this is going to mean for the Bears and how this next chapter is going to kind of like shape up. Um, but before we end the show. I know that Steve, you're working on a post. Uh, I know a few of our writers are working on some different posts in terms of how different players are going to fit within, you know, uh Nagy's scheme and how uh, we should anticipate them being utilized and kind of growing. Uh, and I know one of them you had was a rookie last year, Adam Shaheen. Do you want to maybe kind of give like a spark notes version of what you're working on here and kind of tease your next article?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I won't go into too much detail, but, um, yeah, basically, I'm just um, saying how Shaheen will work in Matt Nagy's offense. I compare him a lot to Travis Kelsey, obviously. Um, I do make sure to note that Travis Kelsey is an all-pro, and I don't expect that kind of production out of Shaheen in the first year in their offense, but but he can he he can do similar things. He's going to work the middle of the field. He's going to run down the seam. He's going to really open up uh, the offense for Shaheen, and then Shaheen's going to open up the offense for Trubisky.
0: So you're telling me he's going to be able to catch more than four balls in a game, and maybe see more than uh, more than like five snaps and like one target thrown his way.
1: I'm not going to go that far, but maybe.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair. We need to see it before we can believe it. But that's definitely a fair point. How about you, Brandon? Any final thoughts before we end the show? I kind of I want to
2: trade. I don't want to. Think, what was I saying? I want to swap out my grade that I gave yesterday, and trade it away. I guess is where I was going with that. Uh, I want to bump it up from a from a B plus to an A now, just because there's. Uh, Pace was a guy like I said earlier, who sticks with his gut. That's when he went and got Trubisky. Uh, trade up, to get number two. it just seemed like another opportunity. The more I think about it, that I'm like, yeah, he went with his gut here again, and I think there's going to be a lot of good things to come. So I, I'm going to give this, you know, head coaching hire an A now.
0: Wow. It only took less than Take 24 back hours.
2: <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> hey, I told you yesterday, if you trust Ryan Pace, you give this hire an A because you have to trust his... If you trust Pace, he trusts his gut. In return, you trust his gut, right? Yep. That's all how right. it worked. That's how it worked. And hey, uh, Nagy <laughs> sold you today, so that's all exciting. But uh, I'm still at the A. I'm very high on this hire, and I can't wait to... Uh, learn more about them as these kind of like days, weeks unfold, uh, kind of what staff he puts together, kind of breaking them down as we go. But that's going to do it for today's podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to show your support of our show. And before we sign off, I just want to let you know that we're not slowing down. In fact, we have we're gonna be back tomorrow. I think it's early afternoon with another show. We're gonna be sitting down with Seth Kaiser. He is the host of the Chief in the North podcast to give us a firsthand account of Nagy's tenure in Kansas City. Uh let us know what we're gonna get, get out of this quarter uh, quarterback. Well, old quarterback's coach, but well, and old former quarterback, but uh now our new head coach here in uh, Matt Nagy. We're gonna learn a little bit more about him and his tenure in Kansas City, kind of how Chief fans are. Uh, viewed him and what they anticipate him doing as a head coach here in Chicago. But until then, well, bear down, Chicago.